0: good at we are we at managing our wildfire situation? Like, do we have a good plan? We know that forest fire activity has significantly gone up right across the country, right? We've all seen those pictures now of, of the wildfire smoke in New York City, where you can't even see Manhattan from Brooklyn. I mean, this was making headlines all over the world. So what are we doing about this in terms of our planning? So should we be more motivated to prioritize better fire management practices? Well, joining us now is Kenneth Green, Environmental Scientist and Senior Fellow at the Fraser Institute. Kenneth, thanks for being with us.
1: Good morning. Do Good we have a lo- you.
0: Thank you. Well, do we have a lot of work to do in this area?
1: We certainly have some work to do in this area. I mean, a lot of fires, or most fires, are I managed pretty well. But the periodic uh, conflagration of the sort we're seeing now uh, and as we see in the United States now and then, uh, the risk of those huge uh, wildfires, clearly the fact that they keep happening suggests the risk is not being managed as well as it could be. Um, and so, yes, there's work to be done on uh, on pro- pro- proactively, I hate that word, but it's, it's the one we have, <laughs> proactively reducing the risk of these huge uh, countrywide or, or, or regionwide outbreaks of forest fires.
0: Wait a minute, why do you uh, hate that, we could that do word? Better,
1: we can do better than we have. Why well, do you hate proactively? proactively? it's just a pet peeve cuz it's a, it's not a word so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we i get the idea of it though but you're right though so like we do we spend a lot of time fighting wildfires after they start can we do more right. to get us to a point where that's less of an issue
1: Well, the article by Timstra that I cited in the National Post op-ed suggests that we can. They talk a lot about the fact that the wildfires are managed on a case-by-case basis in Canada. And the assessment is what to be done about them tends to be about control and how to control the individual fires. In terms of a broad national strategy that looks at using wildfires or allowing wildfires to burn more in certain areas in order to reduce the feedstock seems to be what's missing, uh, because there's not there's, there's not an understanding that it's going to be necessary to tolerate fire, uh, wildfires, some some smaller uh, wildfires uh, for longer in order to reduce the stock to prevent the really big ones. Uh, and, and I think I found their arguments pretty, com- pretty uh, compelling, which, again, is why I, I cited their work in my piece.
0: OK, so what does it mean when we say that we have to adopt a real world, real time approach to fire risk management?
1: Well, that's what I meant by by which is right now all of the pressure coming out of government, all of the announcements uh, coming out of government, are about climate change, and climate change is increasing increasing the risk. and And the answer is always reduce greenhouse gases. So Elizabeth May is ready once again, as she is every fifteen minutes, to shut down all oil and gas and fossil fuel production everywhere, um, as a response to these to the wildfires. Um, and Gil- Gilbreath has, Minister well, has said the same thing uh, that, that it's it's a fossil fuel thing, but real time, real world means not looking at computer models that project climate in fifty to hundred years and, and using that to base our response to wildfires happening today. Real world means we look at the risk, the loading of the combustible materials in the fires, and we manage the risk day to day. Again, by by allowing or or even promoting small smaller wildfires and controlled burns, Uh, and we do that on an ongoing basis uh, across.
0: Well, we just lost Kenneth, as you can tell there by that sound. And you know, we were having such an interesting conversation about wildfire management practices there, but we're going to try to grab him back in just a second because I want to hear the rest of his thoughts on that. Uh, but what we're talking about is the ways in which we need to improve our, and he hates that word, but proactivity when it comes to this, that we need to be better at finding ways to prevent Forest fires to do more uh, to make sure we're managing that whole situation better, rather than just you know throwing a lot of money at fighting them when they do break out, and that's a tough situation. Kenneth, I'm so sorry we lost you there for a second, but you were on a roll talking about this. Please continue yeah. your
1: thoughts. Sure. So uh, what I was saying was basically at the national level, the response to this uh, from our govern- government and our, our leading officials uh, has been to blame it on climate change. Uh, and yes, the climate is warming, and yes, that's probably a, a contributing factor. But their solutions are based on computer modeling of what's going to happen to the climate in 50 years. And their focus is on reducing greenhouse gas emissions over this next 50 to 100 years. Instead of looking today at the fuel that's on the ground today in the forest today and has been for the last several years to the point that it's been building up to a crisis and managing that in a real-time, real-world, day-to-day manner. Uh, that is consistent with using fire to to fight fire, fighting fire with fire.
0: Right. Uh, and, and
1: that's what I meant by, by saying real time, real world
0: response. We don't do enough of that, though, I feel like. We don't talk about uh, clearing parts of the forest floor or, you know, the things that people need to do in communities that might be wildfire prone, using different materials for roofs and like all of that kind of stuff. We talk about it, it feels like, after the fact. But are, are we doing enough to put those things in place?
1: I think those, a lot of those things we're not talking about, as you said, people. I think there's an innate resistance to accommodate fire. People are afraid of it. Uh, people don't like the, the, the look afterward. It has impacts on you know property values, also aesthetics. Uh, and so I, I think there is a general um, resistance to looking at these things. The the paper that I talked about uh, discusses what is done, which is really kind of brute force. Which is uh, first there there are permit uh, permits issued to allow certain burns. Then there are bans on burning and fireworks. Then there can be closures of entire forest areas. But these are, as you point out, these are these are sort of brute force, um, blunt go or no go kind of approaches, as opposed to managing the risk more uh, more deeply and in a more nuanced way. And, and no, I don't think there's enough of that.
0: Yeah, right. So do you think in the last week, then, despite all these headlines and all these pictures, are we we're still not having that conversation?
1: No, we're not having that conversation because it was immediately dominated. Um, by a uh, discussion of climate change, which immediately flows into the government's goal of net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. And that, that has subsumed virtually all climate and environment policy uh, in Canada and and arguably globally. Right. Uh, and so so the conversation immediately goes to how do we control greenhouse gas emissions? When, when the conversation needs to be going to, how do we actually control the real honest-to-goodness fires that are burning? And how do we prevent or lower the risk of those fires happening on a regular basis or an increasing basis. Right. But but you
0: you also said it there, too, is that we are part of the problem, right? Like, we are part of the problem because we resist doing things uh, that might be a little challenging for us to help the situation in terms of making those choices about clearing things out and changing what we use to build our houses and that kind of stuff.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, the human factor, we are part of the environment. Uh, You know, unlike a lot of environmentalists, I think humans actually... Are part of the environment, <laughs> and and so certainly our response to fire is part of the problem. Which is, do we accommodate ourselves to the fact that there will be fires, that there will be periods where there will be smoke in the air at lower levels, and we take those lower level risks to avoid huge conflagrations of the sort we're seeing now, and the higher level risks attendant with the levels of smoke we're seeing, uh, and that's a conversation that needs to happen. And and I think I think people's risk aversion. Uh, in the small scale, is actually compromising their, their risk aversion in the large scale.
0: I think that's very true. Kenneth, thank you for your time.
1: My pleasure. Anytime.